Well, we are finishing the series that we have been in this entire month, and that is Unexpected Christmas. We've been talking about unexpected Christmas and how there are moments when unexpected things come up in our life, whether good or bad. I mean, there are good unexpected moments, like the day you met your spouse, or maybe the day you got a promotion at work, or maybe when you found out you did better on your final at the end of the semester than you expected, and you have no idea how you pulled off the grade that you did. We all have unexpected moments, and as parents, we all know unexpected moments come with our kids. You know that time when you're out in public and they embarrass you and they just go crazy and you literally don't know what happened and how they've lost their mind. And then for me, I feel like my kids, they provide a lot of unexpected moments because they have all of these unexpected questions that come up. And inevitably, it always happens that the tough questions come when we're driving in the car and they kind of come out of nowhere. And my husband's not there and so there, I can't say, ask your dad. I'm stuck in that moment in a car having to come up with an answer. And so I'm sitting there praying underneath my breath like, Lord, please help me in this moment. I do not want to mess my children up. We all have unexpected moments. Things happen. Difficulties come. Challenges come. But what do we do when we aren't ready for the next challenge that comes our way? I believe the story of Christmas gives us insight on how to respond because the first Christmas was unexpected. Nobody expected the first Christmas. I mean, Mary did not expect in one single moment that her life was going to be forever changed when an angel came and told her she was going to give birth to the Savior of the world. And for Joseph, it was unexpected. He didn't expect he was going to walk into his brand new marriage with Mary and that she was already going to be pregnant. And all of the ridicule and the shame and the judgment that they would have from everybody. And today we're going to look at how the shepherds had an unexpected encounter during the Christmas night. And what happened to them. Because the shepherds never expected that they were going to encounter the angels on that night. If you look at the story and if you look at the, the shepherds in that time, they were never anything that people expect anything special out of. I mean, the shepherds were of the low class of society. They did the menial job that no one else wanted. And on that night, God crafted the first Christmas to be unexpected. Because just remember, God always goes out of his way to tell those who feel like they are the last and the least that they are loved. And so today, we're going to look at the story of the shepherds. So feel free to open up your Westover app, open up your Bible app. We're going to be in the story in Luke 2, and we're going to start in verse 8. And it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. 
And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told. And see, we see from this story and we see from this passage right here that when the unexpected showed up in the shepherd's life, God was calling them to worship. And that's what I want to share with you today is when the unexpected shows up in life, we're just supposed to worship. We're just supposed to worship. That's exactly what happened with the shepherds. They're sitting on the hill nearby. And then angels show up out of nowhere, and they worship God and give them a template of how to worship. And they say, glory to God in the highest. And then they go in and find the baby in the manger, and they find Jesus. And when they see him, they worship him. And through all of that, none of those things were expected, but they responded in worship. And so today I want to share with you three things that worship does in our life when things are unexpected. The first is, is that worship changes our perspective. It says in verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. I mean, when the, sh- the shepherds had this suddenly moment, their immediate response was to find Jesus. These ordinary, everyday guys, they're doing their jobs, nothing special is happening, and then out of nowhere, the angels suddenly show up on the midnight shift at work. I mean, can you imagine it? If I put myself in their place, I mean, pretty honestly, I would make that moment about myself and the angels. I'd make it about the angels because who's ever really seen an angel before? That has never really happened. And then let alone a host of angels. It's like a once in a lifetime experience. But when they experience that worship moment with the angels, their immediate response is to drop what they're doing, leave their job in the middle of the shift, and go seek out a savior. They understood that worship can change your perspective. When we worship in the middle of unexpected moments, it should always point people to Jesus. It should always point people to Jesus. Worship is about lifting up God and glorifying God. Worship changes our perspective. Now, parents, we probably have all experienced the art our children have at changing the topic of any conversation, shifting the focus at any point to something that they want. So you could be in any conversation. If there's something they want, they immediately begin to talk about and turn the conversation to that specific item. That's currently happening in the Mustard household right now. My son absolutely needs a cell phone in his life. Absolutely needs a cell phone in his life. And he's telling me all the time about how he absolutely needs a cell phone. I've heard every reason why he needs a cell phone. If you did not know, he is the only fifth grader on the entire planet that doesn't have a cell phone. The only one. And so we've heard every reason why he needs a cell phone. But recently the conversation has changed. And now the conversation has shifted onto all of the reasons how a cell phone in his hands is a blessing to me as a parent. And so in any situation, this cell, the cell phone conversation comes up. So the other day we were asking Aiden, are you finished with your homework? Well, mom, if I had a cell phone, 
the minute I was done with my homework, I could text you and you would know immediately that my homework is done. Really didn't know this could be a blessing. We get to church, Aiden, before you head over to the student center for service, when service is over, please come back over so I don't have to look for you. Mom, if I had a cell phone, when service is over, I could, you could text me and then I could find you and you wouldn't have to wait on me. And now he's got his papa on his side. Yes. And so they have created all of these scenarios about how a cell phone would enhance their relationship and how when they're not together, they'd be able to talk. And there's all of these reasons why Aiden needs a cell phone. And my son's perspective is different than my perspective. And he's constantly trying to change my perspective. And I wonder, does our worship point people to Jesus? When the unexpected in life shows up, do people see our attitude or do they see our worship? Because people should see Jesus because worship changes our perspective of the unexpected. See, there's going to be times where the unexpected in life shows up and it's going to seem like it's going to overwhelm us. You get that diagnosis from the doctor, financial struggles, challenges in the family. And it's real easy during those times to kind of turn inward and think about our struggle, think about our problems. But that's when God calls us to worship him. Why? Because our worship shifts our focus from our problems to our provider. Worship shifts our, pro- our focus from our problems to our provider because in a moment of worship, his calm and his peace comes into the center of our storm and it lets us know that he is in control and he's always present in the unexpected. Look at verse 9 and 10 again. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And if we're all honest, there's moments where we're terrified or we seemed overwhelmed or we're afraid by what's going on in our life. But God is never surprised and he's never caught off guard. And he's in complete control the entire time. And worship reminds us that we have a Savior in our sudden struggles. Worship changes our perspective. The second thing that worship does is it changes our conversation. Let's look at verse 17 and 18. It says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I mean, as I was thinking about this passage and I was thinking about this scenario, I began to wonder, what do the shepherds talk about? I mean, what do guys that are hanging around smelly sheep talk about in the middle of the night? What is the conversation? Is it the sheep that they lost last night? Is it maybe what happened in the animal that attacked the flock the week before? Are they talking about what their wife did or did not pack in their meal that night? Are they talking about what's trending on social media, what came up in their their news feed? What is the conversation that they're having? But once the shepherds went and saw Jesus, it changed the conversation. And all they began to do is talk to others about what they had experienced. They could not keep it inside. It's all they talked about. They shared it with others. And there have been many times in a great worship moment or at the altar, at the end of service, that someone will come up to me and they just have tears in their eyes. 
and the tears are streaming down their face and they begin to tell me what God did in the worship moment and how God encouraged them or what God spoke to them and how they feel refreshed in that moment. And it literally is flowing out of them. They can't keep it inside. Because the minute you experience Jesus and you have that worship encounter, it changes your conversation. Worship, when we worship God, it's all that we can talk about. Now, have you ever noticed how when you age and you grow up, your conversation changes? So the things and the the language that you use as a kid, as a student, young adult, once you mature, you probably don't use those phrases anymore. And, you know, the in phrases that, that students use now, we as older adults don't understand it. We don't get what they're talking about. Because different things mean different, different words mean different things to different generations. I mean, when I was a teenager, the in phrase at the time for anything that was cool, wait for it, I'm going to date myself, was the bomb. Everything was the bomb. The bomb this, the bomb that, oh, that's the bomb. And we would say it all the time. It was the in phrase. And it was cool until the day my dad started using it in his vernacular. And then literally as a teenager, listening to my father say, it's the bomb, was like nails on a chalkboard. Like as a teenager, you're cringing inside because then the phrase is no longer cool. The phrase has lost all that it meant because your parents are using it. And now, I mean, the phrase has changed so frequently. A couple of years ago, everything was fleek, and now it's not fleek anymore. That's so outdated. And now things are sick. But for us that we are not in that vernacular, if we begin to use it and we begin to use that phraseology, the teenagers look at us and they're like, gosh, they're trying so hard. (laughs) You know, if I was going to walk around saying, that's sick, they'd be like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because as you age and as you mature, your conversations change. You see, as we enter into worship, our conversations change. Parents, worship can change the conversation of your kids. As a mom, I'm constantly working to shape and to mold the conversation of my children. And I notice that their heart, their mind, their attitude even changes when we are intentional about worship in the home. Every day on the way to school, as we're driving to drop them off at school, we play worship music in the car. Because before they get out of the car and they face a culture when they walk through the doors of their school that's pushing against the values of our home, I want the last thing they hear to be a family lifting up the name of God. Worship changes your conversation. Worship is the practice of of speaking God's truth and his word over your life. Worship tells others about God, and it's the easiest and the fastest way to transform your talk. Worship is the easiest and the fastest way to transform your talk. You begin to transform your talk from an I can't conversation to an I can conversation. It's very easy for us to live in I can't. I can't get over this hurt in my life. I can't forgive that person. I don't see how I'm going to be able to reach my student. I don't think our marriage is going to make it. I don't see purpose in my life, in my workplace. But then when you enter into worship and we walk in this place and we begin to sing about he's a good, good father and how he's loving and how he's faithful and he's for me and he's not against me and he's there to fight my battles and that God is for me, then all of a sudden my conversation becomes an I can conversation. 
I can overcome this issue. He can repair our marriage. He can reach my student. He can touch our finances. We will be provided for. In all of those moments, when we begin to worship, we change from an I can't to an I can. And the shepherds' worship changed their conversation. They couldn't help but share it with others on what they had experienced and what they had seen. And as a result, others were amazed. When our conversation and our life reflects God, it will amaze the people around us. Allow your worship to change your conversation in the workplace, in your marriage, among your peers, among your classmates. Because worship changes our conversation. And lastly, worship changes us. It says in verse 20 that the shepherds returned. Pay attention to that. They returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. See, what I find interesting about this story right here is that the shepherds had this high peak encounter moment with Jesus. I mean, imagine it. They're they're on the hillside in the middle of the night. Angels come, and they begin to worship God, and they tell them, go find baby Jesus, and they go into the town. They go to the manger. They see Jesus. The shepherds were one of the first to meet Jesus the savior of the world. And they're there and they worship God. And they have this high impact moment in their life. But then what happens? They return. They return. They go back to their job. They probably go back that night to the hill where they have to watch the sheep. Their job doesn't change. Their pay doesn't change. Their family doesn't change. Nothing outward changes but they were changed. Because worship may not change our circumstances, but it changes us. Worship may not change your circumstances, but it will change us. Once the shepherds encountered Jesus and worshiped him, they returned, but their lives were different because it said they began to glorify and praise God. And that one worship moment changed their lives. See, the first Christmas was unexpected. That one night on a shepherd's hill, those ordinary shepherds didn't expect for the angels to show up. They didn't expect to go to a nearby town and find a baby in a manger. They didn't expect for their lives to be forever changed. Mary didn't expect for her life to change the trajectory of her future. Joseph didn't expect for their lives to change in that moment but it was not unexpected to God. That first Christmas was unexpected to everybody else, but it was never unexpected to God. Because before time began, God knew he was gonna have to send his son. Because when sin entered the world, he knew we would never be able to bridge the chasm between us and him. No matter what we did, we could never get to God. We could never save ourselves. And so he said, I'm going to have to send my son. And out of his love and his mercy for us, he looked through time. He looked centuries in the future and he said, this is the moment. This is when the Savior needs to show up. This is when I'm going to send my son. And see, the Christmas season was made and crafted to change us. 
Jesus came to change our experience, to change our future so that we would have hope. And the shepherds on that first Christmas, they gave us a template of what to do. When the unexpected in life shows up, we just worship. We just worship. Because worship cannot change our circumstances, but it will change us. Because we encounter Jesus, the Savior of the world. That's what the Christmas season is about, is he brought his son to earth to save us. And maybe nothing outward will change in a worship moment, but something inward will change. And as we close, I want to invite everyone to stand. And during this Christmas season, don't let the chaos, the busyness, your to-do lists, the expectations, the shopping lists, all of the things that we get caught up in take away from what the true meaning of Christmas is and distract you. Because the Christmas season was given by God so that you could encounter a savior, so that our lives could be changed. Because when we are changed and we encounter Jesus, we can face the rest of the year with hope and know that we have purpose in him. And so tonight, we're going to end 2019 in worship. Because how you end something is how you start something. How you end something is how you start something. And I don't know what your 2019 was like. Maybe the unexpected showed up. Maybe this year, it took everything within you to get to this moment. And you're saying, I can't go into 2020 like I did 2019. But you know what? That's what the Christmas season is about. God sent his son to change our life. And all we're supposed to do is worship him. And so tonight I wanna invite you, as we step into this Christmas season, we're gonna worship. And we're gonna spend some time lifting up the name of Jesus and reminding ourselves that he came to save and he came to change your future. And maybe the things around aren't gonna change during this Christmas season, but we can change and we can step into 2020 ready for everything that God has for us.